Welcome to the tea show. Oh, thank you. I am your host, T, and tonight we're going to dive into the Two at Tea series where we talk about people who triumphed against all the odds. Can you guess who this is, Two at Tea? She was born on August 28, 1965, in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, to her parents, Sharon and Clarence. They divorced when she was two. She and her two sisters went to live with her mother, who remarried a man named Jerry, a member of the Ojibwa tribe who adopted the girls. They lived in the small town of Timmins. The family grew with the birth of a brother and the adoption of another. But it wasn't happy. He was abusive and frequently attacked her mother. I would get physically involved sometimes with my parents' fights, she said. I just thought he would kill her. One of these times he was going to kill her. And the family was struggling so much so that she often ate nothing more than a poor man's sandwich, bread with mayonnaise or mustard for lunch at school. But at an early age, she started performing. At three, she was singing. At eight, playing the guitar. And at 10, penning her own songs. She used music as an escape and earned money by singing at clubs. Her mother embraced her talent and made sacrifices to get her to lessons and to gigs. She went to Timmins High School, a vocal school, and sang for a local band called Longshot. Then, when she was just 13, she performed on the Tommy Hunter Show, which aired on CBC television. After graduating from high school in 1983, she joined a band called Flirt and toured all over Ontario with the band and employed a vocal coach. At 18, she tried to create a singing career in Toronto. Still, she took odd jobs, with one at McDonald's. In 1987, a few years later, she met country singer Mary Bailey, who arranged a fundraiser for the National Aboriginal Achievement Foundation, where she performed. This same year, however, at the age of just 21, she suffered a horrific tragedy when her parents died in a car crash. She later revealed, At that point in my life, I would rather have gone with them. It was like, this is way too much to handle. She balanced her newfound role as caretaker by sneaking off into the forest alone with her dog and guitar to write songs. She took care of her younger siblings by taking a job singing as part of a Las Vegas-style show at the Deerhurst Resort in Huntsville, Ontario. Once her siblings grew up, she sent a demo tape to Nashville record executives who signed her to Polygram Records. Her self-titled debut album was released in 1993. The album received positive reviews and produced two minor hits, What Made You Say That and Dance With The One That Brought You. However, it changed her life when Robert John Mutt Lunge heard it. He had produced albums for groups such as ACDC and Def Leppard. With her, Lange co-wrote 10 of the 12 tracks for her next album, The Woman In Me, in 1995. She loved the album, was but was concerned about the pop element in her country music, apparent from Lange's rock background. She was surprised when her first single, Whose Bed Have Your Boots Been Under, reached number 11 on the country charts. The album would go multi-platinum, reach more than 12 million in U.S. sales, and peak at number one in the U.S. Billboard Top Country Albums. The follow-up single, Any Man of Mine, which incorporated more rock elements, soared to number one on the country charts and was also a top 40 pop hit. Fittingly, six months after meeting a person, she and Lange were married. We'll be right back after this short break.
Now back to our story. She was presented the American Music Award for Favorite New Country Artist in 1996 and went on to win four more over her career. Her next album, Come On Over, in 1997, another co-production with Lange, fused country and pop even further. It had more chart-topping songs as it broke free of traditional stereotypes. They ranged from anthems like, Man, I Feel Like a Woman, and That Don't Impress Me Much, as well as romantic ballads such as From This Moment On and You're Still the One. The latter earned her the number one spot on Billboard's country charts and two Grammys. The album became a blockbuster and went on to become one of the biggest-selling albums in Canadian music history, which sent her on tour. She took home another two Grammys when Come On Over was named Best Country Song and Man, I Feel Like a Woman won for Best Female Country Vocal Performance. Come On Over ranked number one on the country charts for combined 50 weeks. The album remains the best-selling country album of all time, reaching 40 million in worldwide sales, as well as the top-selling album by solo female artist. Catapulting her to fame, in 2001, she sought privacy. She and Lange relocated to a luxurious Swiss estate where she gave birth to a son, Edja D'Angelo. The same year, she was voted Sexiest Vegetarian Alive by PETA. She also released a memoir from this moment on, where she recalled a particularly violent incident in which her stepfather, Jerry, had beaten her mother unconscious and continued to repeatedly plunge her head in the toilet. She described how she fought back by the age of 11. I ran up behind my dad with a chair in both hands and smashed it across his back. Before I could get away, he punched me in the jaw. Adrenaline pumping, I punched him back. She also revealed in the autobiography that Jerry had abused her sexually as a teenager. Three versions of her next album, Up, were released in 2002, including a pop version, a country version, and an international Bollywood-influenced version. The album went diamond, but didn't do quite as well as her previous hits. Still, she went on tour throughout North America, as well as Europe, until 2004. This same year, she released a compilation album of her greatest hits, which would eventually go quadruple platinum. In 2008, she separated from her husband, having discovered that he had had an affair with their assistant, Marie-Anne Thiebaud, who she'd had a friendship with. Their divorce was finalized two years later. This proved painful as she lost both her romantic partner as well as her business partner, who had helped her guide her career. She went on to battle Lyme disease, which caused dysphonia, a tightening of her vocal muscles that made it difficult for her to sing. For years, she would only be able to talk, but lose the ability to yell. She grew close to Frederick Thiebaud, Marie-Anne's ex-husband, who could relate to her pain, and the two wed on New Year's Day in 2011. This same year, she starred in an eponymous reality show which premiered on the Oprah Winfrey Network and highlighted the path from her difficult childhood and youth to her superstardom. After a 15-year break from the spotlight to heal herself, both physically and emotionally, she returned with a new album now in 2017 with her divorce from Lange being the subject of it, and she went on tour again. She revealed in an interview, I think what made my divorce heavier for me in the moment was the fact that it was like, I don't think I can handle one more bloody thing like that. How many more traumatic moments can I take? But she continued, I was born to be a fighter and a survivor. This queen of country pop is the only female artist to have three consecutive diamond albums released in the U.S. Can you guess who this is to a T? This is superstar Shania Twain. 
Thanks for listening. I am T signing off until next weekend. In the meantime, always remember, you are a shining star. So always go after your dreams.